0: You're listening to On The Brink, a podcast that brings you up-and-coming country music artists. We expressly prohibit the reproduction of any parts of the podcast without our written consent.
1: Please send your request via onthebrinkpodcast.com, where you can also sign up for updates. Please also support our sister site, StoneholdCountry.net.
0: We sincerely thank you for listening and congratulate you on your expanding music library. Don't be like me don't come home after a long trip just to find half a gallon of milk in your fridge and nothing else. You don't want to be in that situation. But you know, sometimes necessity (laughs) creates ingenuity. So I hopped online and I found a solution on that very same day. And that solution is named Instacart. So let me tell you all about Instacart. Instacart is a shopping service. They shop for all kinds of things in my situation i was looking for groceries (laughs) and so all i had to do was i went online i found their website and then i found out that i could have them on my phone and i downloaded their app and then i saw that they had partnerships with a lot of major retailers and one of my most favorite retailers is Publix. And so I just got online and I started shopping, you know, like I was at Publix and got all these things that I needed. And then I saw that they were able to deliver like within one hour. Oh my gosh, I was just elated. And so within an hour, I had a very nice shopper that came and left my groceries on my front doorstep because I said no contact. And all I had to do was retrieve my groceries and put them in their respective places. It was that simple. So let me tell you about some of the things that I really like about Instacart since I've been using them. So the first thing that I like is, you know, when I do travel, I don't like eating hotel food, you know, most of the time. And so, cause I'm a little bit finicky when it comes to eating and, you know, sometimes I just don't wanna go out to a restaurant. So I can call Instacart, I actually use them on my app. And I can have fresh produce, fresh meat because, you know, I always like bring a little stove or a little burner with me. And, and often I'll rent a suite that does have like a kitchenette. So, you know, I get, you know, fresh meat, fresh produce, you know, fresh bakery items, you know, straight from Publix. And Instacart, you know, brings it to me. And when I'm traveling, I can do that in almost any major city that I'm at. The other thing is like, let's say, you know, I know I'm going to be in Fort Worth in two days. So I can pre-order with Instacart because I know where I'm going to be at. And they will bring my grocery items, you know, on the day and time that I pre-ordered for. So that's also another amazing thing. The other thing I really like is that they do provide an option for membership. So with a membership, you get a lot of discounts, you know, on your items. So I really, really love that. Another thing that I really like about Instacart is that they have a lot of detail, you know, in terms of the attention that they provide, you know, to your shopping list. For example, they let you pick your replacements just in case, you know, the store might not have what you want, they might be out of stock. So the shopper has a list of replacements and they know what they can substitute in lieu of XYZ item. And then when the replacement isn't available, they will send you a message through the chat function and sometimes even a photo of some of the other things that are available. Like I had one shopper send me a photo of like the whole aisle where that item would have been in And so that allowed me to see what else was there. And then I was able to choose another replacement. So I thought that was really awesome. The other thing, and I hope my mom is not listening to this, is I forgot all about my mom's birthday. And when I looked down on my phone, I said, oh my gosh, it is the 28th of the month. And so I was able to go onto Instacart and I saw that they had a partnership with one of my mom's most favorite retailers. And I was able to get her an awesome gift through Instacart and I was in another, you know, state and they were able to deliver it, you know, within two hours and she was so happy and was none the wiser. (laughs) So they kind of saved me there. So guys, I really recommend Instacart. It is a service that I personally use. And if you'd like to try them out, go ahead and go to the podcast notes and just click on that very special link and you'll get a discount. Happy shopping. Welcome to part two of the Addison Johnson interview for Stone Cold Countries On The Brain podcast. In this deep dive conversation, Edison shares with us a critical crossroads that he experienced in his life where he had to make a decision and that decision shaped his career moving forward. We also get treated to a brand spanking new song that you can't hear anywhere else. But I'm sure that he wouldn't mind playing it for you when you go check him out live. Go on to AddisonJohnson.com and just click tour to find out when he's going to be in a town near you. I really believe that Addison is one of the brightest voices in the Nashville Independent Country Americana music scene. He is really honing in on the narrative songwriting style that I think is almost a lost art. So, without further ado, I bring to you part two of the Addison Johnson interview, and I hope that you enjoy it as much as I enjoy. Bringing it to you. COVID-19, I mean, what can we say? The music industry has been impacted. I I didn't think that I'd ever see a day when the honky-tonks in Texas would close up (laughs) actually happen. Yeah. During COVID-19, golly. So I'm just wondering how this whole thing has affected you. I mean, what lessons have you learned through it, if any?
2: Yeah, you know, obviously it's, it's been tough, but you know, who who hasn't it been tough on? You know, I I think um, you know, while the music industry has been hit extremely hard, small businesses across the world have been hit extremely hard. And, you know, we actually did something with Dark Side of the Mountain is, you know, we took ten percent of all the pre-order sales. And we donated it to the barstool fund for small business, but because I mean that's how you know that's how I get to work is through clubs and venues and independently owned stuff. And if they're not around, I'm not around. And and they've taken just as good of care of me. And so it, it's kind of my turn to return the favor. And you know it, it's been it's been extremely hard, but you know at the same time I think it taught me that uh, as somebody, like I said earlier, that has to do this, um, to re-innovate and figure out how to do things differently. And that's what we were able to do, whether it was with, uh, doing live stream shows or, um, you know, working on different music, just trying to get music out there for people to listen to, even though we weren't able to come play for them live. And, um, just different stuff like that was kind of our process of, of trying to think of just new things to, uh, to get people excited to think about something other than what's going on in the world. Because I think that's our job as entertainers is, you know, while we have you, what well, we're supposed to, you know, kind of give you some relief from what's going on in the world. And so we've tried to tried to do that from a virtual standpoint as well as tried to improve upon things that maybe we weren't able to approve on before because we were on the road. So yeah. that's kind of what we how we attacked COVID.
0: Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And stay connected with your fans through the live streams and things like that. That's really smart. Absolutely. And help out those small businesses. I mean, there have been so many uh, pubs and bars that have gone under, you know, during this COVID-19 thing. Yeah. Some iconic ones, too, that you never thought would be gone. So because yeah. they just you know they can't you know, if they can't have live music over, you can't have people over, then, you know, they're not creating any revenues. They're not making any money, period.
2: You know, they still have it. Absolutely. It's been heartbreaking, uh, to say the least. Um, But because I know these businesses and stuff, they they put their heart and soul into what they're doing, just like what I do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I'm talking to venues and stuff on the phone about, booking and opportunities and stuff like that and they come back and they say well if we're if we're still open you know we would love to have you and that's just a that's a really sad state to kind of be in right now but hopefully um you know uh, hopefully everybody prevails in a positive way and we're all able to learn not to take things for granted and that we come back stronger than ever
0: Absolutely, yep, absolutely. I agree with you, so what's the toughest thing you've ever been through?
2: yeah, you know it was uh you know i I moved to Nashville with about a hundred dollars in my pocket, and oh, wow. I did not know a soul here, and you know it was you know I was twenty years old and scared to death and knew that I wanted to do this, didn't know how to do it and just trying to figure out a process of that and and then once i even did you know i i made so many sacrifices that i let myself personally go in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. because i was just doing whatever it took to to get to that next level and and like i kind of mentioned with blue eyes red you know just just the even struggling with alcohol and stuff like that through um through the years of being on the road and stuff like that when you're on the road five six days a week uh every day's a party and at first it starts out all fun and all you know it's all good and stuff like that well you get into year three year four of that and uh it starts taking its toll on you and um it's uh you know it, it and it was a process of of growing up too uh, but I've certainly seen, you know, a lot of my family members, a lot of my friends, a lot of my peers in the industry uh, struggle with uh, with habits here and there and and yeah. things that, you know, they had to address. And yeah, yeah. this industry is bad about revealing your demons. Um, yeah. it, it will yeah. it, it tests you in every single way. That's one thing that I've that I've really, I've really noticed about it and being able to overcome that and to be two years sober, um, this past January is is a huge accomplishment. Yeah. Thank you. And so that's uh, something I'm very proud of. And, you know, Hey, it's funny. I quit drinking and my drinking songs got better. Uh, (laughs) so I was actually able to sit back and, and kind of, put a little paper to, uh, or pen to paper on, Great. on all that stuff that I lived through.
0: Good for you, Addison. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy for you. You know, um, person I've loved the most in my entire life. My, uh, uncle Serge, he, um, he died, you know, of, a rotted out liver cirrhosis of the liver, Yeah, um, probably yeah. the nicest person on planet earth, you know? Um, and, that's you know that's what happens. It's it's something that's so devastating because um you can't really help someone. It 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 has to be a decision that they make. You know. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. And
2: yeah. and you know, looking at like you know my heroes and stuff like that. I talked about George Jones and you know Waylon and and stuff like that. And you know when when you're looking at them from afar, necessarily you see. George Jones drinking you see Waylon doing coke you see that's that's the image that you get you get that that badass that outlaw kind of view and you know it's um it it just you know I I feel like uh you know because I for a long time you know you know something that I prayed about and 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 wanted and wanted to get better wanted to do better because I knew that I could I just didn't, I didn't never see how it was going to happen. And, you know, one day something just kind of clicked in me and it it was just a personal decision where it was like, Hey, you know, like it, I'm just somebody that, you know, it's like a peanut allergy, you know, Mm -hmm. it's nothing to be ashamed of. It's some people just can't do it long-term. Um, you know, and so being able to go and just take it one day at a time, because it literally, it really is something that never goes away. It's, it's right. like an allergy or something like that. You can't, you know, even people that do moderation and stuff like that, you know, if you can do that, that's great. But it's not it's not for everybody. And and I I think um, just taking it one day at a time and and realizing that, you, you know, you're not alone in this. The the most famous country stars in, in all the world that have went through this problem and, oh, yeah. and they weren't. Mm-hmm. And they were average guys, you know, yep. the, George Jones is an average guy with oh, a yeah. very unique talent. Mm-hmm. Yep. But and he had a very rural, rural broken down childhood. Yep. Um and, and and that's where I, you know, kind of go back to how relatable those guys are because Unfortunately, you know, their lives are on full display for us right. in, in a in a not a very positive way a lot of times, you know. Uh the the people that paid hard earned money to go to George Jones' shows that he never showed up for. Right. You know, that that was really hard uh, hard on those people and that was hard on George, I'm sure, to accept the mess that he was in. And right. so you're not the first and you're not going to be the last, uh, you know, to go through something like this. But if George Jones can get sober, I think we all can.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I had an interview with Mo Bandy and he said the same thing. You said that it was a personal decision, you know, cause he, he was, you know, uh, kind of wild. And, <laughs> back yeah, in the sure. um, and he said, you know, uh, it was a personal decision. I made that decision one day and, you know, it, not that it's been easy, but, you know, I yeah. just stuck by it and, you know, and just, you know, kept going forward, you know, and that's what you have to do. It is a personal decision. You know, I true and some people can do that and some people you know, they need a bit more help, you know, to get to that point. Sure. You know?
1: uh, absolutely.
2: Uh, absolutely. You know, um, I, you know, I, I personally never went to a meeting or anything like that. I, I just knew it was time to quit or I wasn't going to make it to 30.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, the same thing. Mm-hmm.
2: And, well, and, and, and so that, that, that there was no really like going back. It was either quit now or I'm going to be in a, it's going to get really bad. And, you know, I had to make the decision whether I wanted to, uh, continue being a professional drunk and a semi-professional musician or if I wanted to be a okay. professional musician. Mm-hmm. And and I, I had sacrificed way too much to even obtain the small success that I've had and, um, and the strides that I've made. And so that was, it was a pretty easy decision for me. Um, it wasn't an easy process, but right. overall knowing the goal and how to get there and once I was able to kind of grow up a little bit, realize that this needed to happen. Um, thanks to uh, thanks to a lot of support from fans, friends, family, and and then of course God, I was able to do it.
0: Good, yeah, yeah. Most said something like, um, "I don't have a problem with other people's drinking. I just have a problem with my own." You know, and absolutely, I was no, good.
2: for sure. And, and what's funny is I probably feel that like you know people always ask me like, oh, "Are you?" Uh, like, is it weird when people drink around? And I'm like, absolutely not. Like, I, I probably feel more at ease. Yeah, things feel normal. You know, I, I don't think uh, if you've got a problem with that, then you're probably not going to be able to continue being in the in the business very long. Um, so, no, I, you know, I, I have fun. Um, I, I have a good time I, and I love to see people have a good time. You know, right. it, it's just I, I have fun in other ways now. And, you know, and I I have fun writing songs, man, and, and, and seeing how they're, how they're going to do for all the people that that's what, that's where my high comes from these days.
0: Absolutely. That's all great stuff. So talking about fun, what is your favorite song on your latest album?
2: Yeah, my favorite song on the album, uh, man, uh, a lot of them are really near and dear in my heart, but I I would say Cumberland River 58 is probably my favorite song. It kind of is a snapshot of where I want to take my music in the future. It's just the avenue that I want to go down. It's a fictional story, but I feel like if you heard it or if you saw it in the newspaper, you wouldn't even think twice about believing it. Uh, you, you, You would think it's true, and it's so spooky and just, I mean, we worked and worked on that song. I can't even tell you. We, uh, I mean, we were finished, like getting ready to send it off to be done, and we we're just like, no, that's not it. Let's blow it up completely and start all over. And uh, and that's what we did with that song. And I'm really, really happy with how it came out. It
0: has kind of a '70s feel to it. Am I all one That to me, it does.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I and that's kind of kind of the direction. Uh, of the song you know and that that steel and the big kick that's kind of sets the mood is really spooky you know because there's not a lot of instrumentation on that song but mm-hmm. it's all so powerful and what it does i feel like to to actually set the mood
0: yeah so let's hear that song right now
1: guitar picker. Billy Rollins was his name. He strolled on down the printer's alley and played a couple of songs. Then a fat cat in a cowboy hat said, boy, won't you come along? That voice is strong. was spreading like wildfire across the land The next Hank Williams they said He met a pretty woman at the Opry house She took him back to bed At the El Dorado Motel room There was no rain inside to knock on the door That sound like the Lord handle fat cats off his wife Down at the bottom of the Cumberland River It's as dark as night Yeah, the water's too deep And the bank's too steep No stale They searched and searched For two long months And never found a trace It was rumored he went back to Austin and just couldn't handle the fame. Yeah, that fat cat's in his office with the next big sound. Says you'll sink or swim, don't let it pull you in. Cause boy, you might just drown of the cumberland river it's as dark as night yeah the water's too deep and the banks too steep to ever crawl out alive yeah down at the bottom of the cumberland river there's secrets A fifty-two Gibson And a boy in his prime In his prime Mm -hmm. Neon shines on the Cumberland River Like the moon across the plain
0: that's a great song, Addison. It's kind of you're right. It's kind of spooky, kind of somber, you know, to a certain extent, mm-hmm. you know. Um what really struck me as soon as I heard the song was that it it really does have kind of that 70s feel, you know, sure. um, more than any of yeah. the other songs that I heard. Um so um <laughs> you know, I've heard a lot of stories on how um people are great at things that really don't matter. <laughs> like uh, i don't know i mean you can be great at like um you know uh, i don't know flicking beer cans or something i mean yeah i don't i know so i was wondering if you have a useless skill something that you're really awesome at that's really kind of useless
2: yeah well i i don't know if it's awesome or useful at all but like i am a super big weather nerd like (laughs) i love weather and so like when it gets springtime in tennessee like i get the ipad out i get the laptop out and i've got different radars and stuff and i love tracking super cells like you should never ever take weather advice from me like ever (laughs) like if the weatherman tells you to get in your basement just get in your basement don't wait on my report but i i'm extremely fascinated uh i'm a weather spotter for the national weather service uh just you know took certifications and classes and stuff like that and i i'm just a super big nerd about it but that's kind of like but like i said you should not listen to me this is purely for my own like satisfaction
0: Addison, you weren't kidding when you said that when you really like something you make like a part time job out of it or something. I know,
2: it's ridiculous. I mean it's ridiculous. Oh my
0: gosh, that is so hysterical. Now, in terms of weather though, what's like the um you know, I guess the wildest, you know, type storm or anything that you've seen that you actually personally witnessed?
2: Yeah, so you know, I I, I have not I, I've never seen a tornado, but we were up in Chicago. We were actually up at the at the NASCAR race up in Chicago land. I had just played there and um the speedway got hit by a derecho, uh, which is basically a straight line wind uh, that that has the tendencies to be a tornado strength What's winds. Called? But yeah, it's it it's a derecho.
0: Derecho, okay. Hmm. And
2: yeah, I believe I'm saying that correctly. Um, but it's uh it's all straight line winds pretty much, and so and you could see it coming. We we're in the speedway, they had gotten through like fifteen minutes of the race, and we looked out back at the speedway, and it's the probably the blackest cloud that I've ever seen. And it's just it's massive. It's two, three wow. miles long, and and I'm like, we gotta go, like right oh, now. Goodness. And so we ended up getting in the car, which you know, <laughs> It I thankfully it worked out. I, I was hoping we were gonna be able to get out of there because we had a little time in between, but we weren't one hundred percent able to get out. But it was ripping stuff off of the speedway as well as you know, tossing Lord. uh shelter tents uh Ooh, through the parking lot, through people's windows and everything Lord. else. It, it was it was fairly a intense. It's like hundred and ten miles per hour winds there. Dear it was God. uh it was crazy.
0: Oh, good Lord. Now, did you get any pictures of that or anything? I did. Well,
2: kind of of like the aftermath, you know, because it kind of brought the rain and stuff with it. It was kind of rain wrapped. And so it was it was hard to see. But, you know, just watching seeing all the banners ripped off the speedway and and all the shelter tents and everybody's coolers and everything just flipped out everywhere was kind of crazy to see.
0: Oh, Lord, I can just imagine. That is just crazy. Well, I live in Florida, you know, um, for oh. most of the year. And, oh, yeah, well, where I live, we don't get much of that. But, you know, mm-hmm. uh, well, we've had maybe one that I can think back to that, you know, I was really afraid. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. When you hear the wind rapping around your house sure. and humming, <laughs> that's kind of frightening.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, well, the, the, this past weekend we experienced all four seasons in one day down in Florida. Wow. It was uh, we I went down to the Daytona 500 with my dad, and at uh, around noon it was 80 degrees, and then we got a huge rainstorm that came through, and by the time the race resumed at at nine o'clock it was 55 degrees uh with the wind blowing 10 to 15 miles per hour and we were freezing to death up there <laughs> oh,
0: so, yeah. yeah we're infamous a, there's a saying here there's a saying here that said if you don't like the weather now just wait a minute just
1: wait <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> uh, just wait a minute or two it, it'll change that's for sure so um i know that you know you moved to nashville to you know uh, pursue your passion and everything, but. Um, before that uh, i'm sure that you had a couple jobs that maybe um weren't as glamorous so can you remember what your very first job was or, or what job did you have that was the worst
2: <laughs> yeah i mean boy you know i you know i worked in restaurants and stuff back in north carolina as like my high school jobs and stuff but when, when i first moved to nashville i worked at uh, i worked at sears um, loading refrigerators for 7.25 an hour and then mm-hmm. I worked at Lumber Liquidators driving a forklift, and you know I was kind of you know I I, I was going to MTSU when I, when I was starting out, and I oh. had kind of put on that freshman fifteen a little bit, and I went to work at Lumber Liquidators, and I went from like two hundred and ten pounds to one hundred and sixty five pounds
1: in oh, three wow. months
2: because they were working my butt to death, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it, it was a uh, the first couple years in nashville it, i mean it was uh it was a struggle i was playing playing shows three to four nights a week for no money whatsoever mm-hmm. and, i mean i might as well have been paying them that's how much right. money i was yeah. making and mm-hmm. uh, and then working full-time jobs at the same time and just it, it's it's truly a miracle that 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 i made it through it but yeah i just i kind of did a bunch of odd end jobs starting out and and uh just tried to tried to climb the climb the ladder, I finally went and got a job at a ford dealership and that was probably my favorite job uh because mm. it, it was just me and a bunch of old men drinking coffee about eight hours a day and sitting around and talking to each other, so that wasn't too bad oh,
0: that's cool yeah that that sounds cool, you know, and you see, I would have thought you worked at like you know a tackle shop or something because you like fishing so much or you know some or a sporting goods place or something, yeah. So. That's my thought, you know. Uh, yeah, I
2: was looking for whoever would hire me. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, well,
2: I you came in to... with
0: hundred bucks. Well, yeah, yeah. You needed to get a job as soon as possible, right? Because you came in yeah. with a hundred dollars. So speaking of which, um, what's the scene like in Nashville right now? Well, you know, taking out COVID, of course. So, you know, sure. I mean generally speaking what's the scene like in nashville uh,
2: it, it's a changing scene right now for sure i i think it's a there's a big battle of a lot of style you know there's uh, kind of like we discussed earlier there there's people that are on that tyler childress train and there's a lot of people that are still trying to you know conform within the machine that is music row and mm-hmm. and try to put out stuff so you know it's a you know, there's still great riders here. There's and they're and they're cranking out hits left and right, and it's uh and you know Nashville's had a had a tough tough go at it, obviously as everybody has with COVID, but they've also mm-hmm. you know we had the tornadoes here at Fine. the beginning of right. um, of mm-hmm. 2020, and yeah. and and then we had the uh, we had the bombing uh, yeah. Christmas, and so but Nashville that they they build up and tear down stuff by the day, and so any city that uh was gonna make a comeback uh, for anything i w- I would put my money on Nashville so do you have a
0: favorite place there that you like to go you know listen to live music and you know where where yeah. do you go to the music over there
2: yeah no, I always like... um I like going to places where, you know, I used to play starting out and stuff. I'll go over to a a place in Midtown like Belcourt Taps or or, or something like that. And I always tell people to kind of go over there because you really kind of get to see um, get to see a slice of Nashville and not just what Nashville wants you to see, you know, as far as Broadway. Way and everything like that, you know, that they want you to go down there and see Tootsies and Layla's and all that and all that stuff is great. And I highly suggest anybody that's never been to Nashville to check it out. But Mm -hmm. if you have an extra day, go over to Midtown to Belcourt Taps and and some of the places like that over there, the Row and all that. And you'll get to hear some some real songwriters sing their own stuff and stuff that they're working on and stuff that they're passionate about. And I think that's uh yeah, that's a pretty cool part of town and uh and uh like I said, a place where most guys like me end up starting out.
0: Yeah, I like going to Douglas Corner when I'm out there. Um mm-hmm. I like going there. And I like going to the Music City Bar, you know. I got some, yeah, I got a couple places that I like out there for sure. That's awesome. So and you're right. Um it seems like it's really resilient out there. No matter what happens, <laughs> they tear yeah. it down or torn down and they build it right back up it seems like they're just used to doing that you know absolutely i've heard a lot of crazy stories um about people's experiences when they moved to nashville initially especially if you're like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and don't know what the heck's going on yeah so i'm wondering what was your first eye-opening experience in nashville and of course mention no names please
1: yeah (laughs) sure
0: but do tell me about the experience you had that you feel was really an eye opener.
2: I think a lot of people come to Nashville, and when they come from their hometown, you know, they're the big fish, you know, and they're the most talented person, or they're the biggest draw there. And you come down to Nashville, and the homeless guy that's selling newspapers can outplay you in guitar,
1: Good like Lord.
2: without question, oh like. My God. Everybody here is amazing, wow. like everybody is good there's i mean everybody's a great writer. Everybody can sing it. everybody can play it and you know, and that's I think that's what's frustrating I, I think a lot of times for for people like me in this town is like not even if it's me, like forget about me like. We're depriving listeners all over the country by playing the same eight male artists yeah. over and over again on the radio of what this town has to offer because everybody is good. Um, and it's that was probably the biggest eye opening thing for me was just like, wow, like I I thought I knew something until I got here and I realized I didn't know Jack. I knew nothing. <laughs> and i it was time to start over but that's what's great you know is being able to is to get into rooms and stuff and how quick the the town changes you know so like when i moved here i had probably 20 friends that we were all you know singer songwriters coming to you know make our killing in the music industry um 10 years later there's four of us left
0: oh wow oh wow and so everyone goes back home, like you said, you we were saying before, you know,
2: either you and, have
0: to do it or you'd like to. There's like a big difference between the those three two.
2: of them have record deals and publishing deals, the other one is me. Uh.
0: <laughs> so, well, you know, it, I guess it just depends what you want to do. Um, so, because um, I, nowadays, I mean, I don't know how relevant getting a major label. Deal is anymore because you can do distribution through a lot of these yeah. different core and all these things. Um, but you know, um, there is kind of a, uh, I don't know if it, if I would say a status symbol to get that. Oh, sure, deal, to get
2: that
1: absolutely you
0: no. Know? Um, yeah. so I, I guess that's it, maybe. I,
2: yeah, no, for sure. And it, it's just something that I haven't pursued really um it's uh you know and purely because you know anybody listening to this that you know wants to move to town or something like that they're record companies and stuff they they want you to have they want you to do all the work they just want oh, to plug yeah. you in mm-hmm. they want you to already have that fan base they want you to already have that record done you know they want you to already have your look your band all that and then they just want to plug you in through their avenues Right. So uh, yeah.
0: So the other three people that you talked about, would we know who they are?
2: Yeah, I th- I think so. Um one is uh Carlton Anderson.
0: Oh uh, yeah. he Yeah, he it. signed
2: with uh MCA, I wanna believe. Mm-hmm. Good buddy of mine, uh Texan. Uh oh. the other is Alec, Alex Williams. He is Al-
0: uh Williams. yes, I know who that is too. I know his music. Yep. Mm-hmm. yeah
2: great outlaw country singer um just brilliant brilliant writer and and then the other one is uh has been my mentor and somebody who has helped me tremendously not only uh with writing but just has been a great friend and that's Mitch Roussel. um he's he's written the last two uh i think number 1's for garth and then he's uh and then he just had a song go number 1 on the iTunes singles charts which is extremely hard to do as a, as an independent uh he has a publishing deal but he is an independent artist and uh, he went number 1 with this song uh, 2020
0: See, and that's someone I don't know um, I don't know his music I'm going to have to look him up now I am familiar with Alex Williams And I am familiar with Carlton Anderson Actually, because we uh, Chose one of his songs um, To uh, feature one time um, On the show Because um, he has a new EP out He's got a song yeah. called Honest that I just absolutely love that song You know, and obviously it's about the landscape In Texas yeah. and
2: everything.
1: Mm-hmm. You know it and you
2: look at guys like uh, Rod Davis and Shelby Lee Low and and guys like that. They're doing really great things in town as well. And I, you know, they're. I think they're going to be a part of that next wave that gets signed, probably.
0: Right. Mm, that's interesting. Well, you might be in that wave as well. You know, you never yeah. know. things change in Nashville so quickly. I mean, it's just you never ever know yeah. what's going to go. You know, down the pike.
2: Yeah, and it's not like a huge desire or goal necessarily. Like I'm I, I look at this as a business. I'm running the business. Whatever whatever's gonna help make the business grow, that's what I'm gonna look to do. But I'm not I'm not starving for a for a record deal or anything like that because a lot of the times it's not a good business decision uh to to get a record deal when you can do 95% of the stuff without the label and, and things like that and you're pretty much just getting a a loan and a name and a status symbol like we kind of said earlier.
0: Yeah, yeah, just yep, yeah, you're right. Just all depends on what you want to do and a lot of people, you know, they feel that just staying independent is in their best interest, you know, because of what they're trying to accomplish. And there's some people that just, you know, they want to play good music. They want to write good music. They want to connect with the fans, but they want to be able to go back home and be a normal person, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> and and sometimes you can't do that, you know, um, when you're on a major label, especially if you explode. Um, I think it's probably more awesome to have a song of yours that you know is picked up by somebody who's already big and if that song goes you know just viral or goes to you know number 1 sure. you can still you know have your normal life but you know collect the uh, benefits <laughs> of having a yeah. song that you know so that that's you know another way i guess of looking at things and speaking of songs well you know i'm an album person you know i know that a lot of people nowadays um everything is going towards just singles and everything but Mm -hmm. i'm the kind of person where i like to sit down and listen to an entire album and then i make up my mind you know which songs i like the most and everything like that so i'm wondering you know because you're you know so into music not just as a, a songwriter and performer but just you enjoy music period so um i'm sure you must have like five top albums that if you were on some deserted island, you'd have to take with you no matter what.
2: Yeah, you know, I I, I would say, you know, it, it'd be kind of a mixed influence. You know, I would say uh, A Taste of Yesterday's Wine by George Jones and Merle Haggard is, is pretty far up there. I just I love that record. It kind of mm-hmm. introduced me to just that really raw, true side of country music. Um, another would be, um, like everything I love by Alan Jackson, you know, that was kind of one of my childhood records that, you know, I just love the storytelling and the songwriting on that song, uh, Hank Williams Jr. and Friends, his first record out, uh, was, is one of my favorites because that is his stepping out point pretty much. That's when he quit, Going on stage and dressing up like his daddy and everything like that, he went out there and was going to stake his own claim. Uh, another one would be, let's see, would be probably Hayes Carl an unbelievable Texas singer songwriter, still out there killing it today. His record "Troll" in mind, uh, I love that record. I've mm. gained a lot of influence off of him and how he writes and stuff like that, and. And then I don't I don't know if you can be a songwriter without the having the silver tongue devil and I by Chris Christopherson.
0: <laughs> All right, those are really really good. Uh, you know, and you have a good blend. You so you have, you know the uh, you know straight up what I call performers like you know Alan Jackson and Merle sure. Adley. Then and you have those that are more of a you know more singer songwriter types. You know, which yeah. absolutely Chris would be one of them that I share a birthday with Chris at least a month and the day. So, you know, I because of that,
2: absolutely.
0: (laughs) So, Hey, uh, we've had a blast, you know, talking to you Addison and getting to know you a tad bit better. I mean, you know, we've, we've, you know, been spinning a lot of your music. um, You've made it on a lot of our polls and things like that. And um, I'd like to, you know, kind of extend this opportunity for you to just, you know, tell the fans, you know, something about yourself that maybe we haven't talked about? I mean, is there anything that you'd like the fans to know about you that we really haven't talked about today?
2: Yeah, just, you know, I I, I think I, I say this all the time probably, but, you know, I, I truly do, um, you know, I, I look at the fans as, as a part of my team, you know, I, I don't look at it as, it as like two separate things. So when you check out my music or something, you really do be, kind of become part of my family um, and a part of what, what we're trying to do over here. And so I'm extremely grateful for that. I, I live and breathe this every day. This is all I do. It's all I think about. I'm not married. I don't have kids um i truly live for trying to put out great country music uh for great hardworking people out there and i don't i don't take for granted the opportunity to do this so i certainly appreciate you having me on and and uh i hope i hope everybody will get a chance to to check out the new record
0: How can fans connect with you? Give me your Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and and you know handles and then if you have a website as well.
2: Yeah, on Facebook, it's uh, Addison Johnson and Addison Johnson Music. On Instagram, it's Addison Johnson Music. And on Twitter, it is Addison Johnson. And you can find all of our upcoming tour dates, which hopefully we'll be adding some more. I think we've already locked in 40 uh, for the year. So that's way better than last year already. For somebody that's used to doing 140, 160 shows a year, I think we only played 15 last year. So uh, wow. um lo- looking forward to getting back on the road, really hot and heavy. And you can find all that at addisonjohnsonmusic.com. Uh,
0: wh- where are some of the places you're playing? Like some of the uh, cities or states you're playing at that, you know, of?
2: yeah. So, uh, right now that what we have on the schedule is we have a lot of, uh, uh, well, we've got quite a bit Midwest up there. So we've got some, uh, Indiana, uh, around the Indianapolis area, as well as, um, southern and central ohio uh we have some missouri mixed in and we're working on a big central illinois run right now as well
0: all right that sounds great well we usually like to close out with a song so do you sure. have our handy and what would you like to yeah say? i do
2: yeah i'll play you a brand new song right here uh this is a song uh been working on here lately uh it's called mean- uh, i did I'm well, sorry
0: hold on, hold on now is this a song that's not on your album
2: nope, nope this is oh, brand new right wow.
0: here oh wow I'm excited okay what's the name of the song
2: uh, this is called I did nothing wrong
0: all right
2: and uh, it's kind of a uh, another little story song about being in the wrong place at the wrong time
0: oh oh and now is this a true story Addison it
2: it, it is not I hope not anyways <laughs>
0: all, right. <laughs> all right here we go
1: Well, I left Atlanta for Texarkana, gonna help put the pipeline in. When I heard that sound and my truck broke down around my marker 110. Well, up come a man in a black Trans Am said, son, do you need a ride? Well, I fought my luck, so I grabbed my stuff and I just climbed inside. Yeah, I just climbed inside. He was stacked and packed with guns in the back and he never gave his name it smelled like a skunk had died in the trunk and i knew there was something strange the back road weaving when we got caught speeding doing not 105. he never did stop and my heart just dropped he said shoot when they get alongside yes yeah, shoot when they get alongside But I did nothing wrong, Lord, I did nothing wrong. I just want to go home, Lord, I just want to go home. Somebody get on the phone, Lord, somebody get on the phone. Tell the police that it wasn't me, yeah, I did nothing wrong. Had the helicopters flying and the sirens crying. I was shaking like a leaf from fear. He said, I don't know you. I didn't see nothing. You can just let me out right here. He put the pistol to my temple. Said, son, it's real simple. You're staying here with me. Yeah, I ain't going back. I got a 50-pound sack for of Colorado Mountain Green. Yeah, Colorado Mountain Green but i did nothing wrong lord i did nothing wrong i just want to go home lord i just want to go home somebody get on the phone lord somebody get on the phone tell the police that it wasn't me yeah i did nothing wrong Well, I closed my eyes when they laid down the spots. I knew I was gonna die. When he turned in the woods, I said, This ain't good. And we flipped that car six times. He got thrown out, but I heard him shout as he took off through them trees. And I was laying there pinned when the law moved in. Sitting in the driver's seat. Yes, sitting in the driver's seat. I did nothing wrong, Lord, I did nothing wrong, I just want to go home, Lord, I just want to go home, somebody get on the phone, Lord, somebody get on the phone, and tell the police to set me free, yeah, I did nothing wrong. Well, I'm the only man in that black Trans Am, and I did nothing wrong. Woo, smoking! <laughs> there a it great is. Song. Hey, you need
2: to release that as a single. Well, we might do it. We might. It's a. Uh, well, I think I've already gotten another record written, so we're, we're going to start working on that here pretty soon.
0: I love it, that's a great song Hey Addison, I want to appreciate you Really had a blast talking to you As you know, I'm a big fan of your music And I'm just, you know, real happy To be honest, that there are still people That are putting out solid country music out there I mean, that's really what it comes down to
2: Well, it means the world to me And it it, it means the world to have uh, have your support And stuff like that uh, Guys like me don't don't get to survive very long If it's not from support like uh from you great folks so i I can't thank you enough uh for all the help and if there's anything that that i can ever do for y'all i'd be more than happy to and i appreciate the opportunity uh to come on here and and play for your audience and stuff like that
0: That sounds great addison take care of yourself stay safe
2: (laughs) yeah thank you so much (laughs) have a great day i'll i'll talk to y'all soon
1: on the brink 2021